Anti-Federalist Number 7 Adoption of the Constitution Will Lead to Civil War The time in which the Constitution or government of a nation undergoes any important change is always interesting and critical. Enemies are vigilant. Allies are in suspense. Friends hesitate between hope and fear. And all men are in eager expectation to see what such a change may produce. But the state of our affairs at present is of such moment as even to arouse the dead. A certain defender of the Constitution has stated that objections to it are more calculated to alarm the fears of the people than to answer any valuable end. Was that the case, as it is not, will any man in his sober senses say that the least infringement or appearance of infringement on our liberty should not cause us to rouse our fears and awaken our jealousy? The new Constitution in its present form is calculated to produce despotism, bondage, and confusion. And if the United States do allow it, they will find it a medicine that will create convulsions to their utmost extremities. Were the United States mine enemies, the worst curse I could devise would be that they adopt it. The members of Congress can borrow money without limit. They have the power to set their own salaries. They are paid out of the Treasury of the United States, which makes them somewhat independent of the individual states. They are allowed to judge the qualification of their own members. These flaws, together with Colonel Mason's wise and judicious objections, are grievances, the very idea of which is enough to make every honest citizen exclaim in the language of Cato, O liberty! O my country! Our present Constitution, with a few additional powers to Congress, seems better calculated to preserve the rights and defend the liberties of our citizens than the one proposed, unless it is properly amended. Let us, therefore, for once, show our judgment and solidity by continuing the Articles of Confederation, and prove the opinion to be erroneous that levity and fickleness are not only the foibles of our tempers, but the reigning principles in these states. There are men amongst us of such dissatisfied tempers that even if they were in heaven, they would find something to fix, and so relentless and self-sufficient that they must be eternally reforming the state. But the misfortune is, they always leave affairs worse than they find them. A change of government is at all times dangerous, but at present may be fatal, just having emerged from a tedious and expensive war. Feeble in our nature, and complicated in our form, we are little able to bear the high costs of civil dissensions which are likely to ensue. Even now, discontent and opposition distract our councils, division and despondency affect our people. Is it then a time to alter our government, that government which even now totters on its foundation, and will, without tender care, produce ruin by its fall? Beware, my countrymen, our enemies, uncontrolled as they are in their ambitious schemes, burdened by losses, and perplexed with disappointments, will exert their whole power and policy to increase and continue our confusion, and while we are destroying one another, they will be repairing their losses and ruining our trade. Of all the plagues that infest a nation, a civil war is the worst. Famine is severe, pestilence is dreadful. But in these, though men die, they die in peace. The father expires without the guilt of the son, and the son, if he survives, enjoys the inheritance of his father. Cities may be thinned, but are neither plundered nor burnt. But when a civil war is kindled, there is thenceforth no security of property nor protection from any law. Life and fortune become precarious, and all that is dear to men is at the discretion of reckless soldiery, 
doubly licentious on such an occasion. Countries are eaten up by the parties they favor and ravaged by the one they oppose. Fathers and sons sheathe their swords in one another's bowels in the field, and their wives and daughters are exposed to the rudeness and lust of ruffians at home. And when the sword has decided the quarrel, the scene is closed with banishments, forfeitures, and barbarous executions that entail distress on children then unborn. May heaven avert the dreadful catastrophe. Even in the most limited governments, wranglings, animosities, factions, partisanship, and all other evils that tend to embroil a nation and weaken a state are constantly practiced by legislators. What then may we expect if the new constitution be adopted as it now stands? The great will struggle for power, honor, and wealth. The poor become prey to avarice, insolence, and oppression. And while some are studying to supplant their neighbors and others striving to keep their stations, one villain will wink at the oppression of another, the people be fleeced, and the public business neglected. From despotism and tyranny, good Lord, deliver us.